Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast Pub Chat. Yeah, so we're back at it again, running a little late. May, may have had a misunderstanding of what we were supposed to be doing next on the podcast. That's fine. <laughs> that happens. Anywho, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I don't know if I said this already. I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. That's right. This is our witchy podcast. If you listen to us on our podcast network of choice, on your podcast network of choice, uh, leave us a review. That's how we know that you listened. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we're just going to get right into it. So we're going to start off like we always do with a question from you guys. So if you have any questions, you can comment on the videos or hit us up on social media or anything like that. So what is our question? So um, our question is from one of our patrons. And the question is, um, is asking if we've ever used a spirit board, a.k.a. Ouija board. Uh, if so, why or why not? And why are they always so paired with dark beings and activities? So before we talk about what we, what our experience with Ouija boards is, I want to mention that we did talk about Ouija boards briefly in our first pub chat episode, which was seances versus Ouija boards. What's the difference? We also talked about a magical golf tea find and um, we we talked about um, some movies in magic and media. Um, so first off, a Ouija board is a uh, is a brand name. A spirit board is what they are. And Ouija board is the brand, which happens to be owned by Hasbro. It's weird to me to think that a toy company owns something so esoteric as a Ouija board. But um, their spirit boards are usually used as a divination tool and they're not inherently evil. Sure, of course, um, of course. They either use spirits or your unconscious or higher self to get messages to the user. And they actually date back all the way back to the 12th century, particularly in China is the oldest um, mention that we have like of spirit, spirit boards. boards yeah. uh, but they became hugely popular in the late 1800s during the spiritualist movement. We talked a bunch about the spiritualist movement in relation to seances in that pub chat. Super interesting stuff. So I highly recommend you listen to that uh, because we just don't really have the time to go into that in this episode. I mean, technically, I guess we do, but yeah. we're not going to do that here. That's not what pub chat is for. No, no, uh, no, no. We chat, can always deep dive into uh, yeah. Ouija boards and, and spirit boards and, and that sort of stuff, yeah. you know, if, if enough people have questions. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, it's really common to see that Ouija boards are associated with dark or evil force forces, and uh, espe especially in pop culture. And that is really largely thanks to the Catholic Church, who decided that Ouija boards were akin to divination, uh, which was considered a satanic act. Yeah. And it sort of snowballed from there. Um, and they the divination side of things and like dark entities kind of go in two different venues, right? So they considered that that these divinatory practices were a satanic act because other like before this they were like a parlor game in the 1800s it was like fun time yeah um, totally, totally but they um the idea behind it being a satanic act is sort of stems from this belief within the church that if you're doing divination then you're trying to get information that only like the capital g christian god should know mm -hmm. and that that was evil mm -hmm. and that 
that that was bad and only witches did that. And then it became a satanic kind of thing to make it even more evil. Sure, sure. And then it went to demons. So you can kind of see the links in the chain there of um, people just sort of demonizing this particular type of divination. Um, and and that's really why we have that, because it's it, it's there's there's that. And it's still like a wide belief among many people sure, today yeah. that you can get, you know, hooked into dark beings and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that. That, that, that a Ouija board or a spirit board are intrinsically evil. I mean, you know, from my perspective, the way that I see it is that um, the church and I mean, in reality, like just Christianity TM sort of um, made an effort to demonize anything that allowed you to have a spiritual connection or that was or, not routed through a member or, of the or, or situation yes. out, well, outside of physically attending church, right? Yeah. If you're trying to control a population. The best way to do that is to make the only access to deity or to, you know, their God or whatever be through your route, right? I mean, it's functionally like what happens if a cult gets so big that everybody just accepts it yeah. as not being the, inherently They absurd, also talk but, about that in Kevin Smith's movie Dogma. Right. But, <laughs> but on the other side of that, um, I would say the modern interpretation of uh, Ouija boards are are evil and whatnot is primarily a function of the movies that came out of the satanic panic, right? Because you had the movies that were, that were like, all right, we got to make a scary movie. Teens, Ouija board ghosts. That's a straight line. Yeah. It's, you don't have to do very much from a writing standpoint to justify it. It's evil. Um, you know, it's, it's evil. Like, scary movie afoot at yeah. the same time you have the other side of the coin during the satanic panic where where like more auteur filmmakers were trying to like 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 be as dark and gritty and bloody and push the envelope and and like you know rock and roll and sex and satan and drugs and all this kind of stuff as you could so including things like ouija board as like so, you know it's sort of like throwing a pentagram up well and right? it's easy a pentagram to has a specific a meaning but if you too. just slam pentagrams all over the place in a movie that's vaguely evil then you automatically are like that shit's evil when a pentagram isn't an intrinsically evil symbol exactly right? same thing with so, ouija boards so yeah. sa same thing with ouija boards or or spirit boards overall all, it's just that Ouija boards became the like, you know, it's like saying uh, like a Kleenex or Q-tip, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and regardless it's, it's of the, the brand, brand, it's the brand name that we like, like to use. They're like super easy to get. You can just go, you go down to a, to a store that has like shit, board dude. games yeah. Yeah. and pick one up. So yeah. it takes something that is inherently like common and yeah. turns it into something spoopy. And you know, that's really it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's no different than it's, it's that fascination that exists everywhere, you know, in, in all different things. It's, you know, it's like, if you've ever seen all those uh, bloody Bible code history channel yeah. shows that came out, you know, or um, like, uh, just any any of that, like, you know, like ghost hunter shit, it's really easy to just sort of like take a sort of simple idea. And then because of six, uh, because of the success of a couple of properties, it like becomes this big deal. Like it's 
insane to me that like Ouija board, Ouija boards are owned by like a kid's board game company, but yeah. also from my perspective, like, yeah, I understand that, like, in movies, Ouija boards are evil. But, like, also in movies, sometimes cell phones can transmit uh, sexually <laughs> transmitted haunting diseases. So, like, you know, why are we going to believe that? Uh, and to me, a Ouija board's more of, like, a kid's toy. Have you ever used one? A Ouija board, uh, like, maybe once or twice when I was, like, real young, just as one of those, like... There's a Ouija board in this house. Let's do Ouija board shenanigans, sort of a thing. <laughs> but it's like not particularly like my bag with regard to like actual practice or anything to that extent. Um, especially like a Ouija brand board. I mean, I think like uh, like a simplified yes no spirit board or like a general like spirit board used for seances a little bit more. Like, ah, like that's kind of cool, you know, something handmade. But like the like, you know, uh, tan box, yellow box, like Ouija board Hasbro symbol in the corner. That's that that's a toy, <laughs> right? That's Monopoly or Shoots and Ladders or any of the other board games from my perspective. Yeah. Um, Not that it can't be used for something. I mean, you can use... You can use a, a a set of playing cards for for tarot divination. So like anything can be used for anything. But to me, a Ouija board isn't like a like an intrinsically magical tool, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, it's just like stream of consciousness writing or anything else like that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What about you? Have you ever used a Ouija board? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I have to preface this by saying I was like a goth witchy kid in like the nineties. So of course we used a Ouija board. I remember using Ouija boards like at sleepovers, yeah. you know, when I was like in middle school in between like crank calling, like Safeways that were open 24 hours. We were weird. We yeah. were, we weren't even really that weird. You did kids, crank it and then you like, you were just like, ah, <laughs> Connect me to the train conductor. No, but it was a corded landline phone with right? like However, push buttons. That works. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I mean, I remember doing that kind of stuff, and we never had any like any like thing happen. Yeah, like you know when I was using it, and thing, I've yeah. and I've made like spirit boards out of like you know literally a piece of paper and another piece of paper with like a hole cut in it. Yeah, sure. You know, and that sort of thing. I've never had anything at all paranormal associated with those. Although I have a huge a number of paranormal stories just in general. I've never had anything paranormal associated yeah. with Ouija boards. Well, yeah. Um, I, but Mine's the same thing. Like a Ouija yeah, board is like a sleepover <clears throat> toy. My, I actually do have like evil Ouija board story. Uh, so I have, so I come from a, a relatively small family. I'll lay down under. <laughs> I come from a land down under. Yeah, uh, I have a I have a relatively small family. And um, one of my aunts, she had used a Ouija board when she was in her like teens. And this would have been like the mid 70s that she was in her teens. And um, it like really she like was alone she was playing with the ouija board and um whatever happened she was like really scared 
of whatever happened, whatever entity had contacted her. And it like, according to, um, according to my, like stories from my family, whether it's like stories from my mom or sort of like pieced together stories from like other family members, it like attached itself to her, this entity and like followed her around for ages. And she kind of never really broke free from it and was like still like, haunted by whatever this entity was. And it's difficult to say really what it is because she wouldn't even really talk about it. Mm -hmm. But um, my aunt also has had issues with like alcoholism and mental health associated with that. So it's possible that she's using this Ouija board, not as an evil entity, you know, or like as a conduit that an evil entity like got attached to her, um, but more along the lines of it kind of didn't help her mental health and mm -hmm. was a way for her to sort of move into this path that yeah. she was going. Yeah. So that's my, so my family has like evil Ouija board story, sure, but sure. at the same time, I don't know that that's really a thing. I, there's a lot of people that talk about like, Oh, I'm like cursed or there's like an entity that's following me and it's bad. But I mean, the reality is like that happens so few and far in between. Um, and it, it just seems like it's everywhere because that's what's in pop culture. You, that's what you see all the time, but you know, you're not going to sell a movie about some kid using, a Ouija board and nothing happens. Well, I mean, if you were a good writer, you probably could. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that's my it, experience with Ouija yeah. boards. Well, I mean, I, I think the thing with a Ouija board is, I, you know, I'm uh, for a lot of this stuff, I generally tend to be a bit of a skeptic with regard to um, you, things that are too obviously like, like pop culture movie, like, like horror movie hype. You know, it's 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 too easy, I, regardless of the fact that, like, again, theoretically, anything can be used for any sort of divination so long as you have, like, the presence of mind to do that. Um, but it's it's that thing like in a movie, you always see like, oh, the thing starts, the planchette starts moving or the cup starts moving if they do yeah. the kind of a glass cup, you know. When the cup starts moving and they're like, you move the cup. No, you move the cup. I didn't move the cup. What are you talking about? Shenanigans, right? Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, I'm often like, well, is it a thing or are we just in a, in a state of, like, hypersensitivity? And so, yeah. like, when you're moving the cup and then, like, you know, whatever, a mouse crawls underneath the house mm. over in the corner, you know, and, like, jiggles a wire or, like, a door creaks because of a slight pressure shift. Yeah you know, due to the wind change or something like that. And you're just like, ah, ghosts sort of a thing. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so it's one of those things where like, um, I don't know. Ouija boards are, are sort of interesting, especially because they've become this sort of like commercial. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like a Freddy Krueger mask. They sort you of, know? Yeah. it's this like commercial horror toy that has sort of lost its, connection at least again the like you know ouija tm boards yeah. owned, owned by hasbro uh in my opinion feel like they've lost a lot of their connection to like the uh, classical 
like spirit board or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think of Ouija boards? Have you ever had a uh, experience with one? Comment below in the uh, in the dibbly do and let us you know let us know uh, like what your Ouija board story is. That would be super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, so next up that. is a story time. We're going to talk about uh, Helena Blavetsky. Yeah, so um, this is actually kind of a, a really cool uh, pub chat because all three of the things that we're talking about here are actually related. Mm -hmm. um, and the medium, like the, the the link that chains all of these things together is actually Helena Blavatsky. Um, so she was a well-known occult figure and was primarily associated with the spiritualist movement of the late 1800s. And so we talked about that briefly here with the Ouija, with the spirit board thing and the spiritualist movement. Movement. We also talked about, about that in pub chat episode one, and I think we've maybe mentioned a few other episodes. Um, but uh, she was, Helena Blavatsky was uh, a powerful psychic, and or she was a fraud, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Uh, and after a terrible accident and a coma, found that her powers had increased. And not only could she make contact with the other side, glowing eyes just which was a thing town. that she did. She was Blah. very, she was very into <laughs> Ouija boards and seances and all sure, that other sure. stuff. But, but after I mean, this she accident, was like very hype. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like well, crazy and then hype. after this accident, she or like her powers were like Scarlet Witch. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Like she awoke. Yeah. She. she yeah. Her woke. powers are overnight. She came out of this. She woke up from this coma <laughs> and she was woke. Uh, so she could like not only make contact with the other side, although she didn't necessarily believe that the things that you interacted with in a Ouija board or in a seance were ghosts. She had some very interesting and sort of contradictory beliefs about that. Um, but she also was able to read people's thoughts, control their consciousness. And access the quote unquote traveler within. This actually led her to create her own religious belief, shall we say, called theosophy. Um, uh, so there's a lot that goes into theosophy, and we really don't have time to talk about that in a pub chat, but we do have plans to talk about individual. Um, different um, like pieces of occult and heathen and pagan religions mm -hmm. as future show um, things. So we're going to talk more about that later, but I want to hit on this because it is, it is, there are so many things that are so interesting out there. And I think that this is one of those things that's kind of like silly, kind of like funny, definitely like a weird pagan water cooler kind of thing that you can talk about. So through the experiences that Helen Blavatsky had, she uh, believed that all religions on earth stem from one original global religion or a secret doctrine that ancient philosophers like Plato and um, older like Hindu and Buddhist mystics had access to. And she believed that, that this global religion was sort of like shepherded by a secret organization um, that held the keys to it and helped to kind of like husband it through the earth. And that this organization also included men called the masters who are highly evolved, like, <coughs> like <coughs> mentally, not necessarily physically, but they also were like long lived, not immortal, but very long lived. Sure. And they helped to preserve humanity's oldest religion yeah. and sort of work on this tangent for the current, 
iterations of religion, yeah. like Christianity we're talking about, and we're talking about even Hinduism and Buddhism and it, it, basically anything that's like a modern religion now, and usurp those and put in place this one global religion that is sort of just like everything spouts from a particular godhead and all things are one thing and we yeah. are all one people. Yeah. And um, Helena Blavatsky, was she wrote several books about this. There's a quite a few scandals about this. In a in a way, Helena Blavatsky's um, contributions to the uh, occult uh, sphere, and so do you know? In so doing that, like with the pagans, definitely is on par with Gerald Gardner. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you can't really call her the the father of Wicca, but she's a lady, or you know, or anything like that. But she has a huge amount of things that she has. Uh, contributed to in the modern occult world that we just kind of yeah. like forget about. Well, she would be the mother of theosophy. She is definitely the mother of of theosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and, the, or progenitor, originator of of theosophy. I mean, this idea of like one one single Earth religion that's like secretly being manipulated in the underground by these long-lived masters who were like preserving this and whatever this just feels like um she was also married to a guy who was a freemason for a while nice so uh, th this this it feels, always comes up this feels a lot like um uh you know that like that like illuminati secret government like shadow government absolutely like it, it feels very conspiracy theory absolutely um <laughs> and that's not the only thing about theosophy um that there is like there's other pieces there's things that talk about reincarnation sure, and the sure, afterlife. Sure, sure. yeah it's and just that those a, a pieces variety are, are of the things but that's the yeah. ones that i wanted to mention um today yeah and that's really because uh helena blavatsky being the middle link in this chain to the next piece of magic and media mm -hmm. is that we recently watched uh a show called archive 81 and in it they talked about this this blavatsky witches mm -hmm. and this blavatsky cult and she didn't really have a cult and they weren't really witches, but she did found a society that was similar to other yeah. like occult societies in that time. And um, some of the story beats in Archive 81 definitely were reminiscent of Blavatsky's teachings, which I'm fairly familiar with, just like in general. Um and that's how all of that ties together. So for Magic and Media, we're going to talk a little bit about Archive 81, um, which is a show that we watched. What was that on? Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, so, we watched that on Netflix here in uh, Northern California. Yeah, so this is a generally spoiler discussion, although we'll try to make it so that we're not giving away all the bits and bobs. Yeah, we'll do it. a standalone review of Archive 81 at some point, probably, just to get into the, like, finer details and maybe do, like, a little, like, uh, discussion go-through of the ending yeah. of it, because it, it does have a pretty interesting ending. Uh, but, like, surface level, Archive 81 is sort of mystery, mostly horror, a little bit of a cult. Um, they use... Definitely paranormal. Yeah, definitely paranormal. Uh, they they use some pretty fantastic uh, set design, sound design, and camera trickery um, as this, you know, as the story progresses. And it basically follows a gentleman who is tasked with um simply 
digitizing some uh, tapes, right? Some some old camera tapes, um, and in the process of of doing so, like uncovers a secret cult. What with like actually does some magical shit, you know, mm-hmm. or or whatever. Um, it, it's a really good show. It's uh. Parts of it are a bit predictable and parts of it were very out of left field. Uh, I'll tell you what, the main character puts up with way more shit than I would. Um, this guy, this guy, like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to do this normal thing. I have this spoopy experience. And then he like freaks out for five seconds. He's like, I'm going to sit back down and do this. It's like, no, motherfucking get out of there. What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. You know, but 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 he also makes some choices that aren't that are that I'm just like, I would never make that choice. Yeah, I just I keep coming back to the moment where he's like, what's this wall in the pantry looks fake to me. And then just like busts through a wall. I'm just like, dude, this is like a company house that you're staying in. I I don't know. (laughs) It's, At that point in time, he was in deep enough that, like, it makes sense. I would have broke through the wall. Yeah, that's fair. But there is a lot of, like, very interesting mentions to uh, occult things yeah. in this. And the, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, they talk about um, Chiron, who is the, the ferryman. They talk about demons. They talk about Blavatsky. They talk about cults. They talk about a lot of different sort of pieces there. And there's sort of like a secret religion um, that, yeah. that you can see there. And you can and kind it of dates see. Ba- and like it kind of goes like like back through time. Uh, it's They do a really good job like kind of keeping you at the edge. Yeah. But like feeding you enough knowledge. And you don't necessarily have like a bunch of unnecessary audience knowledge that like you know the answer and the characters are still like well you know trying to figure it out or whatever yeah except for the obvious um you know you know that this shit is is dark and evil and this guy is still like still just letting it happen like trying to figure (laughs) it out letting it happen you know near him or whatever but uh yeah no um archive 81 was really good highly recommend uh, especially if you're into like occult stuff and horror stuff and and things of that nature it's a pretty quick watch it's like eight 45 minute episodes yeah yeah it was less than what like a standard like netflix season would be yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad but um we really enjoyed it uh but we're also huge horror fans so the suspense and the horror elements really did it for us and then the added bonus of the sprinkling of like occult things and 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 i i I, I want to be clear um, in this. They weren't taking Helena Blavatsky's theosophical beliefs and putting them into this movie or this show. You know, what they're doing is they're referencing someone who has something to do with this sphere. And then, you know, as you watch it, you can go like, oh, yeah, that is kind of like this thing that yeah. works that sort of like falls together you know it's like more like paying an homage not yeah. like taking a you know a, yeah a yeah yeah a, they, a they do definitely it. have their own path with regard to um like the fire details of things that they're that they're doing but uh yeah uh again not not to get into spoilers or anything highly recommend um super good it's sort of not specifically following any one practice. Yeah. It's very like its own creation and hints at a bunch of stuff. So um, stay tuned for a deeper dive sort of review into that. 
will probably rewatch it so that way I can get like like a refresh yeah. on it. Um so that way we can uh go into the finer details of it. Because it's definitely got a bunch of twists and turns. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. got a bunch of twists and turns. Uh but then uh next up in Magic in Media is just a it's just a a brief talk about future plans for Magic and Media uh, as a standalone thing. So obviously we'll still have these like sort of brief discussions about the stuff that we've watched Magic and Media style um, here in these uh, pub chat episodes of the podcast. But we're also looking at spinning Magic and Media out into a standalone uh, like full length episode, not like yeah. podcast episode, but like YouTube movie review on our YouTube channel. So if you're not following us on YouTube and you are just listening to this as a podcast, uh, we're uh, making YouTube videos under the channel name Nerd Jive, um, where we cover a bunch of different kind of stuff. And uh, that's also where the videos for the podcast are, if you want to look at our silly faces while we talk <laughs> um, uh, or have a conversation, you know, because a uh, YouTube comment section is, is uh, easy conversation place like that. But uh, the idea is to watch, you know, movies or shows or anime or something to that extent and then do like a longer deep dive specifically into that yeah. with a bit more structure so that way we can kind of like dial all that stuff in. This is a byproduct of feedback we got and idea like um, ideas that came out of our Fanime epi um, podcast episode, episode panel. Yeah. Uh, panel thing. So, yeah. Uh, so we're going to be moving forward to that. So if you have any like movies or TV shows or anime or, or other media based content that happens to be uh, have something magical in it that's interesting uh, and you would like to hear us talk about it, hit us up in the comments below or on social media or wherever. So that way, um, you know, we can put that on the list and then check it out and you know, whatever, shoot a review and, and talk about it and analyze it. And, and talk have about a, the magic. Have a discussion it, yeah. about it and talk about the magic in it and, and where it relates back to um, actual practice or, like, history or if it is made up, what informs the practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, where the line between, like, historical accuracy and, like, cr the creative element of writing sort of falls so stay tuned for some of that. That should be uh, fun and exciting as we expand what we're doing on our YouTube channel uh, to just produce more content for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with that all taken care of, we're just going to uh, quickly thank our patrons, uh, Alan, Miranda, Alexa, Helena, and Adrian. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we're... we're Getting back into the swing of things, so after so some stay. life changes and crazy last-minute projects, yeah, yeah, we're uh, getting Fan back and a bunch to of stuff. So we're getting back now. to normal, and and we'll uh, we'll uh, keep moving on with that. Yeah. Um, so thank you for the patrons, and if you uh, are interested in joining our Patreon or supporting us, head over to uh, Patreon or um, NerdDrive.com has links to yeah, NerdDrive.com has all of our stuff. Uh, so you can check out our Patreon there. You can also support us uh, by, you know, obviously subscribing to the YouTube channel and sharing us and, uh, you know, following the podcast and all that kind of stuff, as well as hitting us up on social media. Again, links everywhere. Yep. And um, we have an Etsy shop, so you can always check out that. If you're crafty, we do a lot of, like, craft stuff. 
So check that out. <laughs> and uh, next up is going to be our next episode is going to be episode number 41, Midsummer 102. Yep. Um, so stay tuned for that. And then Pub Chat episode number 10, we're already at 10 of these guys, uh, comes up after that at the end of the month. So stay tuned for that one. Yep. You know, so that should be fun. But And keep an eye out on our YouTube for other types of videos. We do reviews for Star Trek and also Orville. And yep. we're going to be talking about, you know, we already talked about magic and media being its own show, as well as um, project videos of the wild and wacky and very intricate and high-end uh, sewing stuff that I do as yeah. part of my projects, which includes probably some videos for some flower crowns too. Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for all that stuff. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Either way, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. Pub chat. And we will catch you guys next time. Stay magical, folks. <laughs>